Hello and welcome to another episode on Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Plenty of goals in match week 15. Arsenal maintain their position as league leaders. Liverpool avoided the new manager bounce and got the win at Bramall Lane. But City suffered a very surprising defeat in the hands of Aston Villa. So plenty to talk about during the show. So let's start with Luton versus Arsenal. And what a crazy end to this game where Arsenal just about sneaked in with a late winner. Let's discuss the key moments of the game. So the first goal, Martellini opened up the scoreline after his shot uh, squeezed into the bottom corner. And then Luton bounced back. Gabriel Osho equalises with a header from a corner. But then it was another Gabriel from the other side, Gabriel Jesus, who scores a fantastic header just before half-time. Luton score again from another corner. This time it was Adebayo with a header. Ross Barkley gives Luton a surprise lead with a great left foot strike. In my opinion, Raya should have done much better with the save as the ball pretty much crept underneath him. So, easily beaten there. Should have done much better. Havertz levels up for Arsenal as he goes through on goals and dinks it over the keeper. But the other summer signing, Declan Rice, scores the vital goal to clinch the win with a fantastic header in the last minute of the game. Lovely assist from Odegaard as well. A seven-goal thriller, and I can't lie, I thought Luton were going to walk away with the point. But credit to Arsenal. They kept on going, never gave up and got their rewards in the end. The result allows them to remain at the top of the table, but they have a tough few games coming up with the likes of Villa, Brighton and then Liverpool as well. So speaking of Villa, they managed to produce the result of the week, beating Manchester City in huge fashion. The scoreline would suggest that it was a close game. It really wasn't. Villa were rampant in this game, playing some great football. To put into context, they had 22 shots with seven on target. City only had two shots on goal throughout the whole game. Now, in terms of the key moments of this game, Villa had plenty of chances to score. Pau Torres was very close to scoring with his cold effort. Great save by Edison. Two shots that I mentioned City had during this game came from one move where Haaland had two shots towards goal. The first one, his shot was saved by the keeper. Then from the rebound, Bernardo Silva lifts the ball towards the six-yard box. Haaland comes diving in with a header on target, but it was saved by Martinez. In my opinion, Haaland probably should have buried that. It's quite scary to think that that was the only real effort on target that Man City had throughout the whole game. The goal came late in the second half as Leon Bailey's shot gets deflected but loops over the keeper and into the net. Lucky finish, but in my opinion, it was fully deserved as Villa was fantastic in this game. Should City fans be concerned by the dip in form? Honestly, I don't think so. A blip was going to happen at some, some point due to the fact that they played so many games last season winning the treble. It was always going to have some sort of after effect into the new season. So I'm sure they'll be back. It's only a matter of time. The next game... Sheffield United versus Liverpool, which ended 2-0. That new manager bounce, as I mentioned earlier, was brushed away as Liverpool were victorious in a tough encounter at Bramall Lane. Not a lot of clear-cut chances for Sheffield United, but the energy was different and they showed a lot more fight in comparison to other games so far this season. For Liverpool, 
a cheeky assist, or should I say, assist from Trent Alexander Arnold as he whips a cracking ball from the corner to Van Dyke. The Liverpool captain controls the ball, smashes it into the back of the net. A, a nice composed finish from Big Verge. You'd think he was a centre forward with those techers. Uh, he's looking like he's coming back to his best as well, which is a great uh, view for a Liverpool fan. Liverpool couldn't break through um, with the second goal, but it did come towards the latter end of the game. As Nunes gets the ball um, from a scissor sliding tackle on Bogle, whips the ball across field to Subozlai, who controls the ball effortlessly and smashes it into the back of the net. A solid win for Liverpool. Not even playing close to their best, but right now we'll grind out the results and during this intense period of the season, that's what you need to do. On to the next one, which is Palace away tomorrow, which is Saturday at 12.30pm. No surprise with the time slot there. It's good to see that the FA hate us, but hey, it's fine. We'll do the talking on the pitch. The next game, Manchester United versus Chelsea. In previous years, this would be a very exciting encounter. How the mighty have fallen. This game was actually a terrible watch. Um, the level of play was so poor, so average. You wouldn't think it's actually Manchester United versus Chelsea. In the end, United were victorious, but only just. I wouldn't, in terms of the game, I wouldn't have thought that I'd see the day where Scott McTominay, aka McSaws, is playing the Roy of the Rovers type of role for his team because in this one he scored a brace and became the match winner. He's the CDM by trade, but right now he's the, he's flying in terms of scoring the goals. One of the key moments during the game was Chelsea conceding a penalty as Enzo fouls Anthony in the box. Bruno Fernandez steps up, but Sanchez makes the crucial save to parry it away. But the goal came through McTominay as he scored with a left-foot volley. Palmer gets the equaliser for Chelsea after his shot sneaks into the bottom corner to make it 1-1. And then McSauce, a.k.a. the Fellaini regen, gets the winning goal with a header. Lovely cross from Ganacho with the assist. I guess in terms of Manchester United, they might not be playing the best football right now. But at the end of the day, they're still getting results. Chelsea, on the other hand, they're a sinking ship in my opinion. Nothing seems to be working. Some of the players on the pitch were simply shocking. Mudrik looks like he's just been picked up from the local park as he's playing with no football IQ. Enzo and Caicedo look like the shadow of themselves. In terms of how they're playing or how they're being managed, it's no different to the time when they had Tuchel and Potter in the last 18 months. The strategy from upstairs of signing a wealth of young players with huge potential is not working right now as no one seems to be ready to make an impact in this present time. This will be, in my opinion, a mirror season of last year where they'll be floating around the lower end or mid-table. There's no way this team is challenging for any European football. That's how awful they've been so far this season. Currently, they're 10th in the league. And they're as close to the relegation zones, I believe it's 10 points away, than they are to fourth spot, which is 11 points. So just puts into context where they are. They're literally bang in the middle. They're not moving up or they're moving down. So, yeah, a bit of a worrying time for your Chelsea fan right now. 
in terms of the next game. Probably another surprising result, especially it being at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The Hammers were victorious and, in fact, they were actually trailing during the game. Romero opened the scoreline for Spurs with a fantastic header from a corner and then Bowen smashed it with his right foot to equalise for West Ham. Richarlison was so close to taking the lead for Spurs but his header misses the target but it was Ward-Prowse who gets the winner. His initial shot hits the post but he manages to score from the rebound. The commentator, I think it was Andy Townsend from what I remember, was saying Vicario was at fault for that second goal. I personally think that's a bit harsh. The way he tried to save the initial shot, he came diving in, he couldn't reach the ball, so he did the best to block it or parry it away. So it was just unlucky that Ward-Prowse was around the box and was able to collect that loose ball and apply the finish. Overall, a great win for West Ham. They remain ninth in the league ahead of Chelsea. In regards to Spurs, it doesn't look like they're they're going to catch a break right now. Um, four defeats and one draw in the last five games. It's not looking good. In terms of other games during match week 15, Everton beat Newcastle 3-0. Now, for some, that may be a surprising result. Not for me. I had a feeling Everton were going to get a result in this game. Don't ask why, but I think it's because... They've been in great form recently and with the dark cloud surrounding the club, uh, we've been penalised 10 points. I thought it was just a, only a matter of time that they would get a big result at Goodison Park and that's exactly what happened. A lovely strike from McNeil to open the scoreline, smashed it in the back of the net. Dukure makes it 2-0 from close range and then better rounds up a great move and makes it 3-0. And as you can imagine, Goodison Park was jumping jubilation and rightly so this is something they you know they've been going through a difficult time as a fan base and they have every right to enjoy these sort of victories coming forward Sean Dyche turned around the club Everton are now out of the relegation zone so let me put into perspective of how well Everton have done so far this season if Everton were not deducted the 10 points they'd actually be in 10th position right now above Chelsea with one more point which is crazy to think, but that's how well they've done so far. So credit to Everton. In my opinion, they're on the right track. And if they play in this manner, they will surely maintain their Premier League status at the end of the season. Next game, Fulham versus Nottingham Forest. Forest got destroyed at Craven's Cottage with Fulham finishing the game. Five goals to nil. Two goals from Iwobi, sorry. Uh, Jimenez gets a brace as well. Cheeky finish for the second goal. And Kearney makes it 5-0 at the end. So, a great win for Marco Silva and his boys. Crystal Palace, unfortunately, lost to Bournemouth. The Cherries claimed an imp- another impressive win away from home at Selhurst Park. Poor defending from the Eagles for the first goal. Sonesi finds space in a six-yard box from a corner to head it home. Lerma, former Bournemouth player, of course, was close to scoring for Palace after hitting the post. But it was Kafer Moore who scores the second and final goal. And it's actually his first time he's hit the back of the net in 12 months. So it's certainly been a long time coming for him to do that. The next game, Brighton versus Brentford. Brighton managed to claim the win against a very, very tricky opposition uh, in the form of Brentford. And Bremer takes the lead for Brentford from the penalty spot. 
Gross equalizes with a fantastic left foot strike. And this was a special moment for 18-year-old Jack Henshawood, who scores his first senior goal with a match-winning header. So a proud moment for the youngster and his family. And the final fixture, Wolves versus Burnley, which ended 1-0. Wolves got an important home win against Burnley at the Molyneux. The winning goal came from one of their very consistent players, and that's Huang Hee Chan. That's his eighth goal this season in 15 games. So what a great stat or record for the attacker there. So that's match week 15 for you. Uh, we'll announce the FPL manager of the week. And that goes to Nasia Malang. His team name is Draka.kpop. And you have gained 67 points in the league. Uh, that moves you up to 104th in the in the FPL league as well. So well done to you, Nasia, on your good week, I would say. Um, this week wasn't a very high-scoring week, I think. There's only a few people that had six around the 60 range. So, yeah, you did really well to be top of the charts in terms of our ranking here. I got 47 points, but I've still progressed. I've moved up uh, to 39, which, you know, surely but uh, surely I will be getting closer to that top half of the table. Uh, so what we'll do now is uh, have a look at the top 10 and see if there's been any movement in the top spot. So... Here is the league for you guys. So, no, no, sorry. So, the top five, as you can see, is pretty much static right now. So, top five remains as it was last week. Nana Sare had a good week. He has 50 points. So, he's still top spot. You got one Ashraf, second. Ali Asghar, third. Wayne Malik, fourth. And then Jordan Smith, fifth. Jack, Jake Harrison with Kinder Bremo has moved up to six. But then you've got the likes of Ibrahim Rashid and Pastor Romania dropping to eighth. And Vipin and Brian Taboo uh, maintaining their position at ninth and tenth, respectively. So, yeah, another match week is upon us. Um, so make sure you're updating your team by, I'll say tonight or tomorrow early morning. And yeah, let's see how everyone does going forward. So that's a wrap up for today, guys. So thank you to everyone for tuning in. If you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Next show will be taking place tomorrow after the game uh, between Crystal Palace and Liverpool at around 3.30pm. But what I'll do, um, I'll confirm the time on my social. So the best thing to do is follow me at AussieFTP on Twitter slash X, or you can follow me at Aussie.FTP on Instagram, threads, and TikTok. So until next time, guys, take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very soon. Goodbye.